audio. Tune in, tune in, tune in, This week in car audio. Audio. Tune in, tune in, What we talking about? Bass. Talking about chips. Talking about rings. You ain't got them. Zip your lip. You got a problem? You ever found? Check your grounds. The show about to start. Start. Tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in, tune in. Welcome to This Week in Car Audio with your host, the judge, Doug Stockton, co-hosted by Jeffrey Fernandez, Mr. XSSPL himself. What's going on, Jeffrey? Whoa, that was taking it way back. <laughs> I was looking up my uh, uh, stats the other day and I was like, oh, wait a second, I forgot it was Team XSSPL, Jeffrey. Uh-huh. But, uh, Oh, I, I'm doing fine. How you doing, Doug? Uh, just fine. Here, let me. I'm I'm working on getting all the uh, stuff popped out and figured out what we got to do. Okay, now I'm gonna start sharing <laughs> it. So, um, I was down in L.A. this weekend, um, visiting cool. my new sister. Um, I was telling you a little bit about this. Uh, so I went down there. I happened to get a um a bowling lesson from um one of the world's top bowling coaches ah shit i sheltered to a group again damn it i was talking about bowling and i saw bowling damn it um anyway um who's the pro you so uh, you were it, taking lessons yeah, from a pro right yeah, uh yeah from a guy who actually uh was um he was the top average guy in the pba for the years he bowled professionally um wow. <laughs> so uh anyway so um, I got le- lessons from him. He he found a minor flaw in my game, which you know everybody's got them. Um, mm-hmm. But um, what ended up happening is my accuracy, as far as me being able to hit my location on lane, with 15 consecutive shots, I was able to hit my lane my mark 60 or 45 foot down the lane by a quarter inch or less. Wow. What's up, Dave Bradshaw? Checking in. Um, and then um, my speed was within one tenth of a mile an hour um, for those fifteen shots, and my timing um, on what you know how you know moving the ball throughout my swing and whatnot was mm-hmm. within one one hundredth of a second on the timing. So. From each from each shot, from one or? shot to the next. Yeah, my my worst deviation was one one hundredth of a second. So that just shows basically uh, like consistency. Is that what? Super consistency. Yes, oh, sir. Okay. Nice. So that's all good. I mean, I I appreciate the last lesson I had with the guy. He said, "Hey, dude, there's nothing I can teach you. Um, <laughs> you're all good." But then I went to his facility where they have multiple cameras and whatnot, and they watch. You know, when when you see stuff on cameras. You can break it down frame by frame where you're just watching with your eye. Um, the level I am bowling at currently, um, you aren't going to catch my flaws with your eye. Um, so when we that's what I was wondering how they were able to measure all of that. Uh, so, yeah, so, so got, we, like, we have all kinds of measurement devices. So he's got wow, cameras, cameras and, and um, radar guns, and <laughs> they have little things on the lane that tell you exactly where your ball is. So you can it, it tracks your ball every foot down the lane. 
Hmm. So and then it and then it, you know, then it it extrapolates because it all orbs have to follow along an arc, right, of some kind, and so it extrapolates from point A to point B and then puts an arc between the two as it continues. You know, simple algorithm mm-hmm. thing. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I did that. Uh, then you know, while and then while I was down there, I uh, visited with my sister, her kids. Uh, one of them wanted to go bowling, so I took him bowling. Uh, and he goes, oh, since we got a pro here now, I can go <laughs> bowling with him. And um, anyway, and so we go bowling, and he's all, I can beat you. He's 11 years old. I can beat you in air <laughs> hockey. All right, let's go play some air hockey. So we're playing air hockey, and Queen Latifah's right next to us playing air hockey with us. So um, wait, Queen Latifah? Queen Latifah. Actress, uh, songstress, yeah, Queen Latifah herself. Mostly actress nowadays, but yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So she was there. Um, what? The bowling alley said uh, in about a half hour after we were done, she actually bought the bowling alley out uh, for a ah. 13-year-old birthday party. So. Um, yeah, it must be nice. Yeah. I mean. What? You mean you didn't sneak in there and was kind of like <laughs> mingled <laughs> with the crowd? and? No, 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 no. Uh, it was a little too <laughs> expensive for my taste. I mean, ah. they were charging $18 a game to practice. And good Lord. Mm. I, and I mean, because of who I am up here and whatnot, mm-hmm. um, the, I, I typically don't pay for practice. So, you know, <laughs> uh, Justin Solman timing in. Uh, we like to thank our sponsors right off the get go. Dave Bradshaw mm-hmm. bowling term lab. Uh, yes, Dave, <laughs> it is very similar to like a bowling term lab. It hurts feelings because that, uh, <laughs> those things do not, care uh, about your feelings at all they just tell you what happens just like a term lab is a feelings herder uh, those old people are gonna lose their money all the time now <laughs> uh oh watch out oh well I am gonna do a professional event on Friday Saturday and Sunday so I'm gonna go try my hand at uh, senior uh, professional bowling this week so that's cool uh, Friday night, though, I'm going to go do my practice for the uh, senior PBA. And then right afterwards, I'm going to go meet up with Moses. We're going to do our 3X down at Jay's Alarms. So, um, you know, and then the following weekend, they're going to do a 3X out with you. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where, they're going to be up there. So where's yours at, at exactly? Since mine's going to be in Fresno. Mm-hmm. Where's yours? Uh, so it's, it's just behind me. Yeah. It's going to be uh, in Bloomington. California. Where's that? At? A, it is, I want to say about 30 to 40 miles east of Los Angeles. Okay. 30 to 40 miles east of Los Angeles. Yes. Um, yeah, just kind of right between Los Angeles and San Bernardino, I want to say. Oh, I didn't take it out of this one. Uh, Justin, yes, your sponsorship ended. When I go to the other screen, which is this one, you won't see it in there. So, yeah, our sponsors are Crossfire Car Audio and Puns Customs. Let me get rid of Wyatt real quick while I'm over here. Um, properties, properties, <laughs> properties. Uh, yeah, and, and also, you know, we had I think we had a good show last week. Um, there we go, Sean. Uh, but we are going to talk when uh, – oops, somebody's loud over there. Um, uh, 
when Sean gets in here, we're going to have Sean Dehart tonight. He's going to talk about the big three, why we should do it, and how to do it. So he's got two setups he's going to show us. He's going to have one setup is going to be his uh, dual alternator, and then the other one's going to be on a GM's, you know, uh, out here in California, everybody's got a uh, Suburban, so he's going to show it on his. Uh, <laughs> he's going to show it on his Suburban. Um, but what what you got going on, Jeff? I mean, it, you got your three X coming up, um, doing some movie stuff. Or what what are you at? So uh, just so everybody <laughs> knows, uh, he's going to be home here in about ten minutes. So you know, we're going to talk about some other stuff until he shows up, which is like I said, about ten minutes. What's up, Lewis? Uh, so what you got going on, Jeff? Um, let's see, uh, just recently, uh, on the calendar, um, I put up a show. It's going to be Saturday, May 13th, uh, right here, Grapevine, Texas at uh, Crossfire headquarters. Uh, it's going to be a multi-organization event. Five it's going to be a triple point. Hmm? <laughs> I said a five X event. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it's going to be a triple point DB drag racing event, as well as a USAC event. Um, it's also a memorial show for a uh, team Voodoo Customs member, uh, Steve De Los Santos, who wants to uh, commemorate his uh, late son. Um, well, right now he's actually looking for food vendor, uh, food vendors for the event. So if you know of anyone, um, tell him to hit up Steve. If you guys are watching, I doubt from Texas uh, area. Um, so he definitely wants to make this uh, a really big event. Um, he's uh, paying for DB Drag to be out here, paying for Yusaki to be out here. Um, it's going to be trophies first through third. Uh, check it out on dbdragracing.com. Yep. Oh, and then the other thing I do have to mention is our 3X that we're doing as a renewal of vows for um, Sean and Janet Kent. Uh, team mm -hmm. SSC. I mean, obviously, you know, everybody's team SSC. So <laughs> obviously they're team SSC. Is it? I thought it was, I thought it was the other team. Oh no, sorry. Not send SSC. It. Team send it. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> everybody's team is. send it. So yeah. So it's team send it. Nice. Janet's team send it. Sean, they're renewing their vows. We had it on Easter and I didn't realize it was Easter. So we moved it back to the Saturday before Easter. So it's going to hmm. be Saturday night, April 8th. I'm going to change the flyer and get it updated tomorrow on the website. Dave Bradshaw says that's rude. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't matter what Dave Bradshaw says because, I mean, he's not even part of Team Senate anymore, I don't think. I mean, he's never been to a show. So, <laughs> <laughs> Fred Montoya popping in. Does SSC have any openings? Justin Stolman wants to know. Ah. Um, that used to be uh, – that was Sacramento Streetcars, I believe. Was there? Oh, is that what it was? Yes, Sacramento Street. What it means? Uh, oh, so I know SSB was Sacramento Street Base. And then SSC, mm. I thought Sacramento Street CRXs or something like that. Uh, so Lewis is asking the next show is in May. Uh, that's the one I just put on the calendar. But the uh, next show in Grapevine, Texas is going to be uh, April 23rd. It's going to be a Sunday. April 23rd. Uh, Andy's actually flying out to uh, uh, come help me do the show on the uh, 23rd. So make sure you guys make it out. All right. It looks like we have Sean in there. Can you hear us, Sean? Oh, we can't hear you, Sean. Looks like it says it's connecting. Oh, it's still connecting audio. Hold on. Sean is connecting and to plus audio. Sean, if you can hear us, you want to turn your phone. There you go. It says it's connecting audio. Okay. 
so Lewis says he's got to put in for his days off request. So uh, that's okay. why he needs to know. Um, Smiley says April 23rd. What's going on yes. April 23rd? That's the show that you're talking about, not the 13th? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's going to be the uh, the next Crossfire event is uh, Sunday, April 23rd. Sean, you gotta, it, it's requesting that you uh, accept the audio. You need to click a button on your <laughs> phone if you can hear us. So you got to accept the audio. You must be out on the West Coast to see the sun's still up. Yes. Oh, the sun's way up still. <laughs> He is, he's in the uh, Sacramento area. Oh, I don't see anymore. Can we hear you now, Sean? All right. I got you guys. Ah, there, go. there you go. Uh, turn your phone sideways. It, it uh, Give us more of a field. There you go. There we go. So ba uh, base off, Jeff, just so you know, it's the, it shows the whole flyer real real nice now. That was okay, perfect, perfect. I was afraid it was going to cut off. Soon. Yeah, say ass off. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, there you go. <laughs> All right, Sean. So, Sean, tell us who you are, what you do. Uh, my name is Sean Dehart. I've been in this industry for close to 30 years. Um, fabricator. Love building cool stuff. All right. And so we asked you to come on today, um, talk about the big three. So let's start with why do we do the big three? And, oh, no, let's go on. Let's define what the big three are. Well, the big three is uh, allows your voltage to flow freer. Mm -hmm. It, uh, you know, I just got back from Master Tech and learned quite oh. a few things about uh, DC 12 volts. Okay. Uh, and one of the interesting things was is uh, they said that the car battery itself only has one use, and that is to start the car. The alternator actually runs the car. That's correct. So with that, um, you want to make sure that your alternators have as little as resistance as possible. So uh, hold, hold on. Let, let, so just so people that may be listening, um, uh, Smiley says less resistance. Yep, that's exactly uh, what he's yeah. talking about. So let's define. So the big three is how to connect your alternator to your power source for your amplifiers, uh, whether that be lithium batteries or directly to your um uh amplifiers so what we're talking about is how to make a less resistant less resistive load to connect so the more resistance you have the less power you get so it's a way to help reduce resistance so that you can get more power to your amplifiers because it takes power to make power is that a good description for you sean absolutely okay so i'm sorry now get now get back to where you were so you went to the the thing they were talking about went, the batteries just yeah, to to start the and uh learned quite a bit of stuff there mm -hmm. uh, but uh that was that was fun if anybody ever gets the opportunity to go to a master tech training uh that mobile solutions puts on uh it's pretty amazing and, and where do they do that I'm sorry. Is that a Vegas thing or LA or? Uh, it's actually in Arizona. Okay. Arizona this year, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Trying to keep the sun out of your guys' face. Ah. <laughs> Let's see if I can get uh, try to flip this camera and get my my electrical system in the view. So so Fred Fred Montoya says the battery actually has two duties: one to start the vehicle, second is to control the ripple from the alternator. Uh, the there ripple. is. It. 
There is that as well, yes. So this is the setup in my vehicle. I do have the ground, the, the backside of the alternator grounded, which is where all the electronics are at. Mm -hmm. That's a zero gauge straight down to the frame. And then I have my one on power wire here coming over to my fuse box, running uh -huh. through my SMD fuse box to the back of the vehicle. Now, coming to the back of my vehicle, I have another fuse box right here coming up into my lithium. I'm sorry about the sun. <laughs> so you're trying not to, not to catch your whole world on fire. Well, yeah. You know, it's kind yeah, of, you know, when I, it's interesting because I've actually mm -hmm. lost a little bit from all the fusing, yep. but I would much rather uh, have the fusing. What, what were you, you going to say, Jeffrey? Oh, um, I mean, I can recall hooking up my first system in my car. I just put a, a fuse under the hood and I thought I was good to go, but uh, it wasn't until, you know, they were telling me, okay, that's from, you know, the battery to the fuse block, but then what are you going <coughs> to fuse from that to the back? You know, you can accidentally cut a wire and then, you know, things just like you say, catch on fire. So <laughs> it is very important to fuse at, at the, at the rear as well. Yes. And, and this, especially and, and, if there is a power source in the rear, mm -hmm. correct, like your lithium yes. or whatnot. Yes. So right now, um, as you can tell, there's nothing actually hooked to this battery. It's just sitting here. My entire vehicle runs off of that lithium bank. Oh, okay. You yes. you run your ECM and everything off the lithium bank. Everything in the truck runs off the lithium bank for now. Okay. Um, so as of right now, I did pick up. And this is the dual alternator vehicle. That is a dual alternator, but here is my triple bracket and my third alternator that's going to go in. Okay, wow, so ready so to go. so he, he has a triple alternator. So since you have a alternator that's out, um, can you show us on that alternator that's out the connections and whatnot and how the yeah. whole thing goes together for you? So what yeah. you guys are looking at for people that don't understand um, alternators or may not like I said, this the intention of this show is for everybody to understand it. So right now he's showing you the back of the alternator. The front is the pulley where you're going to attach the um, belt. That's that pulley right there. You can change that pulley size, and that's going to change uh, how fast that thing turns. And you can do quite a bit to an alternator by changing its pulley. Um, but if you're not experienced in that field, uh, please don't do that because you can <laughs> you can tear some stuff up pretty quickly. Yeah, so this is your positive post right here. So so how do you know the difference in your positive and your negative and whatnot on an alternator hmm. post? Um, I didn't know an alternator had a negative post. It does. So your, your negative is the bolt that goes through and connects to your bracket. Well, for sure, yeah. That, it's your, that, it's that the, that. the negative is the housing. The negative hmm. is the housing, yes. Yeah. As far as posts go, yes. Yeah, so you only have the single post on the back, though. Yes, the single post on the back is your power output. Right. And then you've got your plug. Mm -hmm. Depending upon the vehicle make, your plug will look differently. This is a GM? Yes, this is a GM. Which is like three-quarters of the alternators that are put into existence. They usually use a GM case either way, right? Yeah. <laughs> Calvin says, do what Jeffrey does. You lick each post to tell which one's lick positive and post. negative. 
that's a real quick way to know. <laughs> All right. So I guess that's one way. So there's your, your positive. So what, what do you do off that positive post? So you can upgrade the size of wire that comes off of this post. Okay. Mm -hmm. If you choose, uh, you can fuse that. Um, I fuse mine. Um, you'll see on my Tahoe, I'm kind of a fuse nut because I didn't use a fuse once. And I caught mm -hmm. my car on fire. Oh, oh no. Th that will uh, make you a fan of fuses very quickly for people that mm -hmm. haven't caught their cars on fire yet. <laughs> and notice it's I said I, yet. <laughs> it was 23 years ago. I had an 86 Buick Regal with a second battery in the trunk. And I had my one fuse under the hood. And I mm -hmm. did not put a fuse in the back. And that's when I really learned the lessons on how to uh, properly fuse things. Yeah, mm -hmm. and so now, now fuse is a resistor for people that don't understand that don't know. So that's mm -hmm. that's why when you know uh, you see a drag car on a drag strip, it doesn't have all the safety features in the electronics and the motor that a um, uh, that a street car has, right? So that's similar to what they like. If you have a trailer queen, the amount of fusing you need may be reduced. But if you're daily driving, what he has going on here is probably a, a pretty solid idea. Yeah, so right now, like I said, I've got my alternators that come come in into my fusing here. These wires here, that's my starter cable, my vehicle power, and then out here go back to the lithium. And so then that's an SMD uh, distribution block, you said? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so you, how many wires do you have coming off your alternator? Um, I have a total of four. I have a ground and a power, mm -hmm. and then a power and another ground right here. These grounds run down, you can see, they run down to the frame rail. Mm -hmm. And then obviously the powers run up here to the fuse distribution. Uh-huh, okay. Um, so have do so, we go over why they call it the big, big three? Um, I, I don't think we did. I, I I think I just described what it was. So why do they call mm -hmm. it the big three, Sean? Well, For you've got listeners. basically three bigger wires. Um, <laughs> exactly. So as, of, as of right here, you've got your oversized power wire. There'd be one. Down here, where are we at here? I can see it. Down in here, underneath the alternators, I have this, let's see here, this power wire. This is a zero gauge that runs up to the chassis of the vehicle. Yep. So that's one ground. One ground from the chassis mm. of the vehicle to the to the engine itself. The engine block. The engine block itself. That's correct. Because that's the ground that's the main ground for all vehicles is the engine block. So yes, I have my batteries in the back are two zero gauge OFC sky high wire from the battery bank to the frame. Uh -huh. Up front, my alternators, same wire, one OFC sky high, all the way down to the frame rail. And then I have one one OFC coming from the engine block to the body. Okay, so your big three are alternator to batteries. Yep. Alternator to block and block to chassis. 
Yes. Okay, and that that is the big three we're discussing. That's why they call it the big three. <clears throat> so, um, and so me personally, I did a fourth one where even though I had the distribution block, I ran an additional one from a distribution block in the back all the way up to the um, to the engine block itself because there is no better ground in that whole vehicle than the engine block. Right. Because um, your your um, your rails on your um, on your frame and whatnot they're all painted and coated. So yeah. uh, even if you drill into them, your connection. Uh, I I thought I saw your connection there. You had it all sanded and everything. Yes, all of mine are ground down to bare metal. Yep. Uh, copper copper lugs. Yep. So I guess if you really wanted to call this, this could be even a fourth because yep. I've got my alternator grounded right here right the case is grounded to the engine block and an additional ground from the back side of the alternator which is where all of your electronics reside right because if you only relied on this front ground you're pulling ground through these little tiny bolts mm. and if you actually pull ground through the one aught directly on the side of the alternator that has the electronics in it just makes the alternator breathe a little easier yep so the way it was described to me in my electronics class when i took it in my physics class is um you personally are um so imagine you're in a pool and you're trying to breathe through a straw versus breathing through a garden hose absolutely you know yeah. so that's why you know, when you have four gauge, which is a standard size for a car, either two gauge or four gauge, it, um, it, and then you switch to one aught or two aught, uh, you really just open it up to allow the energy to flow. And another thing to think about is just because you do a big three doesn't mean that you're grounding in all the right places. You also want to yep. check the resistance in your ground. Okay. Um, oh, before we get to that real quick, uh, Luis TVA, TVC mm -hmm. wants to know, how much of a loss did you experience when you switched to fuses? Uh, I My alternators at the post put out 14.9, and I'm getting 14.6 at the battery bank. So you lose approximately three-tenths of a volt. Yes. Okay. And I'm running them through 300-amp big fuses. And, wow, and every yeah. time you run through something, anytime you have any kind of connection point, you're going to lose. There will be some resistance. There will be some resistance. That's great. Yeah. And resistance equals loss. So, um, all right. So, sorry about that. Now, uh, what were we? What were you telling me before I rudely interrupted you about the resistance? Uh, yeah. It, like I said, it's, it's, you know, just because you do a ground somewhere oh, ground, doesn't yes. mean it's a good ground. Uh, right. You should always check your resistance in your grounds. Uh, mm. When I first started this, uh, for, for instance, through the chassis right here, I was at 0 .005. When I went to the actual, the actual wire, I went to 0 .002. So I even gained a better ground by adding the wire. Uh, so what are you talking about? You're talking about ohms. You're talking about on, on, amps. Yeah, you know, on an ohm meter. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, and then oh, another thing I would uh, like to suggest to people: if you ever scrape the paint 
to install a um, ground of any kind, mm -hmm. make sure that you check first you check to make sure the ground is a solid ground and then you would always want to paint over the top of it with a clear coat or something. Um, yeah, clear coat, yep. uh, rubberized undercoating. Anything to keep it from rusting. From yes. rusting, yeah. Because rust is the devil when it comes to electricity. And, and now, go ahead. Oh, so, go ahead, oh, I was just going to um, ask, so for our listeners uh, and viewers, what would be the bare minimum gauge wire you would you would suggest to use to do the big three? You know, it really all depends on how much power you're running. Mm -hmm. okay. I mean, minimum, I probably wouldn't do anything smaller than four gauge. 20 years ago, you know, when, when we used to upgrade the grounds on most Honda cars, mm -hmm. we would just use a four gauge. Yeah, four gauge. Um, and back, you know, 25, 30 years ago, we really didn't think about the big three. We just, we always did upgrade the motor to chassis ground with a four gauge, which obviously helps mm -hmm. uh so for me personally i mean you guys think you know i stopped competing in about 2001 ish um at that time uh i was running so much one-aught wire it was unbelievable um i had i actually had two runs of one-aught off of each stud and the only reason i stopped at two runs is because of uh that's all that would fit and i ran out of stud because your bolt still needs to go back on there right so uh so yes so that that's what i did and then uh from my batteries to my amplifiers i would um i ran as many as eight positive for a single um uh, it was about an 1100 watt amp i was running eight positive and eight ground from battery to the amplifier um but it's funny because i'm running two one-aughts back to my lithium bank uh-huh uh you know, in the words of Bobby Gately, too much is just enough. <laughs> that, hey, I'm telling you, uh, every time I added a run of positive and negative, I got louder on the meter. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, and, and really, um, in the DB drag world, uh, what you think's happening and what you know's happening doesn't matter, Dick. It, what matters is if that meter increases in score. So, 100%. Um, anyway, so uh, Tristan out in uh, Bridgetown, Barbados says, uh, how do we check for the best grounding points before grounding? With a voltmeter. A voltmeter? You stick it on ohms? Do you stick it on volts? You put it on ohms and you would run it to the negative post of your battery terminal mm -hmm. and then to wherever you want to ground. And make sure that your voltmeter has good leads because you can lose <laughs> – you can actually create a lot of resistance in some cheap leads. Mm. Yep. And uh, so for people that don't know, uh, you can test your leads, turn on the voltmeter, you touch the leads together, and it'll tell you the resistance between the two leads. Between the two leads, and then you can subtract that from whatever yeah. your reading is. Yeah, but if you're looking for the best grounding point, um, you just look for the one with the lowest number. Right. So um, it doesn't matter if the number is 22 or 3. Because then the resistance in the in the lead doesn't matter as long as you're ch you have a base to compare it to, which is the resistance between the leads. So, um, so, uh, so I mean that the big three super important. I would mm -hmm. suggest it. I don't care even if you have a thousand watt system. 
If you go to a stereo shop and um, I think money is better spent. So for me personally, I upgrade the bat the alternator, then I upgrade the battery, and then I upgrade my amplifiers in that order. Yes. Um, as somebody that understands how power and stuff works. You can have all you want. You can have a 15,000-watt salt K blah, 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 whatever. Right. Uh, Kyle Ernie, I was asking him to come on, and uh, through Kyle, we ended up with Sean. So that's <laughs> that's how we ended up, but Kyle's in here to just hanging out. Um, but anyway, yeah, so really, really, really important. If you understand how power goes, you, you need power. You have to have power to make power. So mm -hmm. if you don't have the foundation to build that power, it doesn't matter what you have. You're only going to get so much power out of that amplifier. And if you don't have the power to make the power, your amplifier is going to want to create that power, and it's going to destroy everything in its path to try and create that power, including the amplifier. Yes. Now, luckily, there are some amplifiers that are actually designed to make power. There are. That's what the regulated power supply stuff is doing. Yes. So, um, and, and uh, amplifier companies are going back that direction now, which is very, very helpful. Um, yeah, Kyle Henry says it takes power. It, what? It takes, makes to make power. <laughs> I think he says, it, uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but no, uh, he says, I see um, Tristan in Barbados says, I see guys running a 5K on a stock 70 amp alternator. Uh, that's a good way to blow up your alternator and your amplifier. Um, so so you were at that, uh, it wasn't Knowledge Fest. What were you at again? The uh, Master Tech Expo. Master, yeah. Master Tech. Yeah, Master Tech Expo. It was, uh, it was quite an experience. Okay, so is there any takeaways that, um, I mean, outside of, like I said, the big three was really what we wanted to focus on, talk to, and give people an opportunity mm -hmm. to see what it is and how to install it. And, and just uh, for people that know, what would you say is the level of competency needed to make this install, Sean? Uh, as long as you, as long as you understand how everything works, it's really not that hard. Uh, just. Mm -hmm. My biggest takeaway from Master Tech Expo, uh -huh. to be quite honest with you, is how to be more efficient. Having the right tools to do the job. If you don't have the right tools to do this job, don't attempt it. Because if you don't crimp your wire properly and it falls off, you can create a fire. Yep. And don't try and put your bolts back on with the crescent wrench, because that well, sucks. There is, unless, of course, your crescent wrench handle is either rubber-coated or you electrical yes. tape it really good. Yes. Um, and also, um, so, and I'm sure as a installer or somebody that deals with electricity, first thing you ever do with any electrical is remove the power source, which would be your batteries. Yeah. So. Yes, you would always disconnect. I typically disconnect both positive and negative. Yes. Because, huh. uh, so I know it's counterintuitive. Um, but when you take a physics class and understand exactly what's happening with electricity, um, you understand this, but electricity actually flows from negative to positive. So if you see lightning in slow motion, it starts at the earth and goes to the sky. So yes. electricity always flows negative because what it is, is there's 
what they call electrons that flow, flow around the outside of atoms. And those electrons are trying to escape and attach themselves to a different atom. And that, that energy that's created from that electron moving from one atom to the next is the electricity that you use to produce power for your vehicles. So that's why they say electricity flows negative to positive. I, I hope I'm not getting too too geeky on this stuff. But yeah, I, it's actually it's actually good to talk about that because a lot of people they don't know that they think it goes from positive to negative. Right. Well, that's because when they hook up positive, then it it works, right? Right. So. But they don't understand the positive just means it's a positive charge and the negative wants to go from negative and balance the positive charge and make it neutral. And that flow of, ele of electrons is electricity. So, um, like I said, I, like I said, I, I like to geek out on this stuff. I like being <laughs> the dumbest dude in the room. So um, I've sat down and talked to people way smarter than me about this. Um. So uh, Kyle Ernie says there are so many great tutorials online for big three upgrades. Mm -hmm. EXO has a very well explained video. I always link ah. people to. Uh, you'd be hard pressed not to find one for your vehicle or something similar. Uh, very beginner friendly, but also takes some brain power to do correctly and most optimally. So yeah, so Kyle's right. Uh, EXO, we had him on. At the world finals yeah at yeah. finals yeah right so we had him on here and you know he, he was a kind of cool guy and had a good chat with him we gotta get him on here sometime and yeah. see what he does um definitely so you know what um there are kits right that um some um like online i think i've seen some online yes yeah, i think down for sound has yeah sky high uh, they have their own down for sound maybe kit yeah yeah. So yeah. is this something that, so some, is it something that's kind of like idiot proof? Basically you could just buy a big three, uh, uh, you know, from one of these retailers and just put it on or. Should be able to. So right. the, the only issue may be length of cable. Um, because, uh, when you are working in your engine bay, um, the length of cable is super important because you don't want to run across an intake manifold or an exhaust manifold and burn your wires. Mm. Well, That's there's true. also there's also a little bit of a challenge to the vehicles where the battery is not in the engine compartment. It is. Ah. So uh, you ones can, that are in the trunk. Yes. Mm -hmm. Or even underneath in the um, passenger compartment the passenger under the front seat, like a dog. Yeah. Exactly. Like so. Yeah, so those can be challenging as well. Oh, dude, that car sucks so bad to work on. <laughs> the Durango? Yeah. Battery under the seat sucks so bad. Yeah, well, when you pull that piece of black plastic out of the rear, be sure you plug the antenna back in because the car won't start. Ask me <laughs> how I know. <laughs> After how many hours of, what the hell? I know it's right. Right. <laughs> I mean, I literally even called Dodge, and they're like, we don't know what's going on. And yeah, it's, it's the dumbest thing when you pull the black plastic trim out of the back to build your custom box. Mm -hmm. There's a little plug that plugs into the trim panel. It looks like it's absolutely nothing. It just looks like it's a placeholder, but it's actually an antenna for the key and the car will not start <laughs> without that. Oh, that's hilarious. Only because it happened to you and not me. 
right <laughs> no it's funny it really is because the first time the car went away and i never knew why the second car same thing that's when i learned hmm. uh you know i did an install on a lexus uh, i don't know it was a early 2000s lexus and holy crap their integrated system sucks so much to add on to vehicles modern vehicles are very challenging to adapt into mm-hmm. yeah the they're just not i mean like i said i've been doing this a long time uh, i got in a really bad car crash and i was out for a while mm-hmm. but uh, coming back into the install bay it's been very challenging with all the modules and i mean it's nice that it's there for us because if the modules weren't there this would be a dead business yeah i you know what um i i really do like the module system because now you don't have to not that you have you can be an idiot and install some of this stuff but um, the knowledge needed to install all the relays and whatnot in past, you know, previous to these modules, uh, it, it took somebody with some brain power to sit down and figure out how to make all the stuff work. Oh, um, yeah. There's amplifier uh, bypass modules. Yeah. There's uh, key harnesses. Yep. I mean, for instance, on my Avalanche, two plugs. <laughs> that's all it took that's all it took to, to put a remote start in this thing oh that's it huh that's pretty cool right at the ignition harness you pull the clamshell off you pull unplug two plugs you put in a t harness uh-huh. you plug your alarm in after it's been programmed and everything works door locks door trip i mean everything uh-huh. works and it literally took 10 15 minutes to put it in yeah and then like was it like ungo or something like that they have the module and then you can just keep changing the programming on it to add features you know? yeah um, yeah copy stars that way a copy star that's the one not ungo yeah. it's copy star yeah. yeah dude that's and, so uh, nice ungo was the shit box. yeah ungo was the shit back in the day remember derringers yeah yeah, was, yeah. Weren't, weren't, wasn't Derringer, though, like some kind of subsidiary for Viper or something like that, or they were made in the same place or something? I don't recall. I just remember uh, that Derringer had the smallest yeah. remote and the coolest-sounding yeah. siren. <laughs> so, I come from the era of Clifford, and to be quite oh, yeah. honest, I still have my Clifford medallion <laughs> hooked into my CompuStars. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. Um, Kyle uh, post on here. It's almost like uh, they put no thought towards the aftermarket. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the new manufacturers of cars, there's very few manufacturers out there that get it. Um, uh, Julio signing in. He's got to get ready for this Friday night. Uh, oh, um, Woodrow, uh, Woody McDonald says, I had an ungo alarm on my Acura Integra. So. Um, nice. Yeah, you know, the, the Ungos were just a inexpensive, very good alarm. Is yeah, what they, were. they were basic, they were simple, and they yep. just worked. They just worked. They were workhorses. And if something went wrong, they were easy to fix. 
Yeah. Uh, I've been, after I left Clifford's, I've been running CompuStars for the last 20 plus years. And man, I haven't had no problems, none at all. Oh, yeah. Uh, CompuStar, I think that's what I have in my Trans Am right now. It's CompuStar. I I haven't looked at it in a minute, so. They're very modular. You buy the brain, you buy the remote, um, and then you can buy either an alarm it kit or a start it kit. It's very a la carte. Yeah, uh, so, but the problem with my Trans Am is it's a 74, and um, the wires it has in the car are for blinkers, <laughs> an ignition, mm-hmm. um, headlights, uh, there's dome light in there, Yeah. and I think that's it, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so actually, I'm actually working on a 81 Firebird at the shop right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have a 74. It's the same body style in general. Um, And actually, the electronics should be all the same. But what what year did you say? 80 what? It's an 81 Firebird. Okay, so 81 was the last year of the Gen 2. Um, But they still had ECMs in them in the 81. Uh, Yes. Mine does not have anything even remotely close to an ECM. I remember putting my Clifford in my 86 Buick Regal. And... That uh, was pretty challenging. Um, Julio says uh, he's getting his base car ready for DB Drag Show this Friday. That's going to be a 3X. Nice. As a matter of fact, uh, my son's downstairs right now making the trophies for the tournament for, for the event. Nice. Uh, the, my normal trophy maker guy, he goes, I'm on vacation next week, and I don't want to <laughs> be stressed out. I go, dude, you're on vacation. How are you going to be stressed? Anyway, so he's not going to make my trophies. My son's going to make them. Uh, he and the show is located at what shop? Fresno, Jay's Alarms. Oh, Fresno. Yep, Jay's Alarms. And then we have April 8th. We're going to be in Sacramento, and we're going to do the renewal of vows for um, uh, Sean Kent and um, and Janet Kent. Uh, team, Jimmy, not, not SSC. It's Team, uh, team Send It. That's right. Uh, Eric Hansen wants to know, does anyone know where finals is going to be at? Um uh, with that being said, uh, Jeffrey and I were actually talking to Wayne Harris just before the show. Um, we are working on some cool stuff, as I said last week. Yeah. Um, so I would anticipate multiple locations is all I'm going to say. I can't speak more to it than that, but I would anticipate for multiple locations. Um, talking with Wayne just before the show, we are going to have some kind of phone conference or something uh, before next week's show and hopefully have some kind of uh, announcement for you guys at that point. So that's just so you guys know. I don't know, Eric, where you're at, but... Uh, uh, oh, he's he, a Texas guy. He's Texas uh, was guy. asking me about it. Yeah, he's uh, getting really big into uh, Top Dog and was uh, he wanted to know where finals was so he you know, started getting his points and you know yep. getting time off of work. I tell him, dude, Wayne uh, Harris has an email address. Why so, don't you uh, email Wayne? <laughs> yeah, so so our current dates we're working at, well, traditionally we do it the second weekend of October. That doesn't mean that's when it's going to be this year, but traditionally we either do it the first or second weekend of October first is when we of, do World yeah, Finals. first part of October. Yeah, it's either the first or second weekend. So um, just so you know when it'll be, it'll be roughly that time frame. Uh, Wood, Woody, once again, chimes in with, I had a code alarm on my Mercury Cougar. Um, I, I will say, a lot of cars. 
it, Woody has had a lot of cars. I will say, though, with the Mercury's and Ford's, the code alarms work really well. They integrate into the Ford's uh, easier than they did the GM cars. And I remember trying to put a code in a GM car, and it was a pain in my ass. Um, the relays needed for it, um, they just did the – I remember I had literally a brick of relays to um, make my alarm work. Uh, on oh, yeah. the GM car. So, um, some of the some of the older cars you had to do five wires. Yeah. On the door locks, very, very problematic. And that's kind of one of the neat things about the the modules. Everything's built in now. Right. Yeah. You just literally this stuff goes to the door locks. This stuff goes to trunk. This goes to remote start. You know. Um, yeah, that stuff's I, like I said. I, alarms have gone a long way. Um, and for you guys that don't know, uh, we're gonna be at Jay's Alarms on Friday. Jay is a wizard at alarms. Yeah, he can do all of that relay stuff. He loves that he doesn't have to do it. But if there's everything wrong with your alarm, and you can get to Jay's Alarms, he can fix it for you. So uh, he he's actually phenomenal with that. Oh, he's, I think he, last time he was on the show, he he said he had a mobile service. I think his, oh, that's his right. Sons were his son, it, right? yeah, his <laughs> yeah. son is doing a mobile uh, service for uh, installs. Yeah. Uh, Eric Hansen says, looking forward to base race and top dog at finals. Eric, yeah. what I'm telling you is, you need to be ready to do base race and top dog at a multi-venue event that we're trying to plan for you guys. Right, Jeffrey. Oh, I've, ta I've, I've talked to him about it, and you know, getting the troops ready over here in Texas, they know what's up. They know what's up, huh? And, and here's the thing: when we do a multi-venue, there is no "oops, hey, let me run that again." No, it's one run and done. So you yeah. need to make sure you're right. Um. Uh. So, Sean, anything else that you really had for us? Uh, like I said, um, that may have really like overly stuck out in your brain from going to that uh, event last week the big well for for me mm -hmm. it was mainly about having the right tools okay mm -hmm. to do the job efficiently mm -hmm. that was my biggest takeaway from the master tech expo was efficiency and having the right tools okay and, and brian over mobile solutions if you want to get into it understand that every single tool he sells is sourced somewhere else but he <laughs> puts it together in a way that makes it super easy for us installers to actually be more efficient and make really cool stuff so like a one-stop shop for you so he's done the homework he's already done the homework you and just you can order these trays full of router bits so you don't have to figure out where to get them it's super simple for instance he has some really cool router bits that come in a tray with a matching so it's for upholstery basically so okay. when you're doing a custom panel and you cut a groove in it unless you have something that's the exact shape of the router bit and you try to push your vinyl into that groove uh-huh you can create wrinkles oh yeah and but wrinkles don't have, go away <laughs> they do not so if you have a positive and a negative tool 
for yes. instance, the router cuts the negative and then there's like this little wand mm -hmm. with a ball on the end or a shape of some sort on the end that matches the opposing shape of the router bit to be able to lay, lay in there and really get a clean, clean look. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and, and, and so like buying from that guy, even with like when I talk to Gately and stuff, we like to talk a lot about this um, and you're not paying. So when you pay a fee, you're not paying for the instant gratification of that fee, that that person's services or something. You're paying for their knowledge and all their time that they spent mm -hmm. to learn that that's yeah. exactly what you need. And that's why they have it and it's ready for you. So 100%. when that price is a little bit more or whatever, there that is you're paying that person for their knowledge and the time that they spent to get to where they are now. That includes any installers you pay. Um, you know, uh, there are some good installers out there that are learning and they're probably pretty cheap and they probably will do. Uh, but when you go to a shop or somebody that's been doing this for a very long time and they go in and it only takes them an hour and a half to install something and they charge you $250 for that hour and a half, you're not paying them for that hour and a half. You're paying them for all those years that it took for them to learn so that they can do it in an hour and a half instead of four hours. Right. And for instance, you'll see here on my wall. Oh, yeah. I've got, circle, I've got some circle, circle jigs. Yep. I've got some jigs here for making A pillars. Um, got some more here for circles for cutting out tweeters and mids. Mm -hmm. I have a laser here for cutting out ah, whatever I need. Uh, yeah. Um, or, or putting somebody's logo in a piece of plexi on the outside of a box, maybe. <laughs> For sure. So, for instance, this is my biggest project I made for myself so far. Uh, nice vacuum made, system. Yeah. A, um, a lot of sawdust. Oh, big, there you go. A hood prop. Big hood prop, yeah. Oh, cool. Yep. And it has Sky High on there, JL Audio. Yeah, Sky High, Zapco, JL Audio, Audio Dynamics, Morel. Okay. There you go. That's a, a pretty nice little piece of uh, acrylic there. Yeah, something that you'd want to put in your uh, in your uh, engine so you could display that big three you got. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> All right. Hey, I really appreciate your time on here, Sean. Uh, we're about to ready to wrap up. Uh, Jeffrey, you want to hit him with the question? Because we haven't asked him yet, and I forgot to prep him for it. But why don't you hit Sean with the question? All right, Sean, this is a question that we asked uh, all of our guests. Basically, we want to know what is your definition of a base head? I, somebody that just cannot get enough of base. Mm -hmm. I hear it coming down the street. I get excited. <laughs> is that you? you? Are you the one coming down the street with the uh, loud bass? Well, not yet because I'm slow <laughs> and I'm too busy putting in everybody else's systems to get my own done. I, I would say that's also a base head as well. Is, yeah. Uh, not necessarily having the uh, the base, but you're you're helping the base head community grow and making sure that that this guy has base, uh, you know, that you can hear down the street. It's funny. My buddy Woody gives me gives me a hard time all the time. <laughs> I've been working on my project for three years. 
Whoa. But I work six days a week and I just don't have time to work on my own car. Mm -hmm. I literally have all the equipment, just no time. Uh, Tristan out of Bridgetown Barbados says, uh, Sean, seems like you might be into SQ as well. Yes, I, uh, I do enjoy the SQ, um, but deep down I am a base head. Uh, yeah. But I also, I appreciate both. Right. You know, and that was one of the things at Master Tech is there was not a base head vehicle there. Everything was SQ. Well, you need to straighten them out next time you go. Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping. Um, and then uh, Tristan says, a lot of great info tonight, Sean. Thank you. You're very welcome. This so, was fun. Yeah. So, so uh, very short notice, yeah. but uh, <laughs> didn't really know what to, um, I guess how to prepare myself for this. Uh, but uh, this is so much better when you're unprepared. It it comes off more natural, and, <laughs> and and I mean, and then people get to see who you are, right? And yeah. that's a big deal to us. Is it, we're not hiding who anybody is. We're not, you know, making them all flourished and you know prepped up and this and that. These are actual people that you see at shows, and they're there to have fun. They're they're there. They want you to be better at, at doing this also, so that you can challenge them to be better at what they do. That's, Absolutely, that's what it's all about. Oh yeah. Um. So uh, anyway, um, yeah. Hopefully, we see you at some of the shows coming up here. I, I think it's really cool the stuff you're getting. I try get to going. make it out even though I don't have a competitive vehicle, but yeah. I still come out and try to uh, support and get some demos and you know see see how things might change for my own build in the future. Right. I'm with you on that. I mean, I, I I've been building my Trans Am now for three years. Um, mostly not my fault. Uh, I paid people to uh, do the electrical in it, and they just haven't done the electrical because it needs to be rewired, ground up. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, there's not a lot of wires in there, but I've added um, a, uh, uh, not TPI, um, fuel injection. Uh, there you go. Forced fuel injection. So I, I added a forced fuel injection with a power adder uh, piece to it where I can add another uh, 16 pounds of boost on it. So that has its own electronics. I got an MSD on it. That has its own set of electronics. Um, but oh, other yeah. than that, uh, the car literally had no wiring in it except for a ground wire and an ignition wire. So I got to put the lights back in and all that because I bought it from the racetrack. So, oh, okay. Um, but anyway, so I paid three people so far. Zero of them have done anything to it. Oh, um, it's been sitting for nine months at uh, another guy's shop, and he's actually an auto electrician, and that's all he does. And but I've already paid him in trade because I have like the front end of my car is a one year only and he has that exact same car and he couldn't find the front end for a reasonable price. So I traded him my front end for the electrical work and um, and me, I don't care about the front end because my car is totally custom. His car's original. So he needs an original front end for it. Right. An OEM. And so for him, that, that front end had huge value to where me, I'll just go for $800. I'll go and buy a aftermarket front end, and I'll put that on there because it doesn't matter to me, you know. So, um, but anyway, you know, so I'm essentially getting my wiring car from front to back, torn out, brand new wiring harness, all that stuff for like 800 bucks, which is well, a screaming good deal. That's a deal. So, um, 
But anyway, uh, yeah, like I said, I appreciate you t coming in tonight. You really helped us out. Hopefully, we'll uh, Fresno's kind of a long drive for you on a Friday, I'm sure. But I'm sure we'll see you at the uh, Sean Kent one there at Diamond Shop on the 8th. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you tend to like to show up to that one. Uh, cool. World final stuff. Um, I, all I can tell you guys is be prepared. There will be multiple locations almost positive about it this year. Um, <laughs> so get what you can. Be ready for it. Jeffrey and I are working diligently. I'm working with Wayne Harris. We're going to have multiple location base race for Jeffrey, myself, and Tennessee base racers. We'll try and throw some other people in there. And, I, I mean, I can't even explain to you. We're trying to get sponsors for that. We, Our goal is to have an event where first place pays $1,500. That'll be awesome. That is our goal for a base race or a top dog run, most likely top dog. So a, a top dog run, $1,500 for first place is our goal. So I, I think that's way cool, and I think this is what we're – this is the direction we need to go. Um, yeah, as soon as I get my build all done, I, I, I want to learn the rules because I do want to come out and I do want to play with base race. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, my build is – it's going to be two builds in one. Uh -huh. It's going to be an SQ build on the front end, and then I'll have the woofers in the back that I can – really play with click on turn on turn off thing yeah i've got a front sub um and it's all you need for base race yes or top dog right. <laughs> right. or top dog correct yeah because yeah, you don't i mean as, as far as i've learned so far you don't need to be loud you just need to be consistent exactly that's so, why i tell people all the time yeah. you can be you can have a 200 dollars install and be world finals competitive in top dog and base race yeah, maybe next time I come out, I might have to try to see if the avalanche will even register on the meter. <laughs> I, and, and, and the reason I say that is I did I did some tricky stuff to it by use, utilizing the factory Bose system uh -huh. and turning the rear doors into woofers. Uh, passive radiators, uh -huh. huh? Actually, I took – because I don't know if anybody knows what Maestro is. Maestro is one of those – modules that adapts into the car and allows you to add an aftermarket radio with uh leaving the factory amplified system in there well wow. so, mm, cool. so what i did is i took all the rcas for the bose amp and i plugged them all into the subwoofer output but i ran a set of aftermarket components in the front and run them off a of deck power now believe it or not you can hear this thing coming down the street <laughs> it shakes it shakes the the rear view mirror oh it actually plays lows and it's so funny because eric even says 129.9 easy who knows and that's why i said it would be fun mm -hmm. and yeah. funny to put it on the meter and see if it'll even register yeah so all right guys um thank you for tuning in i want to thank our sponsors once again crossfire car audio puns customs out of minnesota uh hopefully they're up and going i haven't seen them post anything in a minute so I know, you know, their their shop burnt down. So mm -hmm. um, they're up and they're up and running again. Oh, they are up and running again. That's oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, one of these times we're gonna have to get Tristan on here once he gets his internet figured out because out in Barbados the internet sucks. Um, oh no. But we'll get them on here because they're working on becoming DB Drag judges. So mm. um, awesome. You know, they they did an event. Uh, if you guys didn't see, go to the DB Drag uh, Facebook page and check it out. 
Oh, they they did an actual event, or no, I, no, I no, no. It, doing... it, it was a test and tune type. Oh, thing. okay, right. But right. they were introducing yeah, it to the people on the island, and they got wow. testimonials from people that tried it out and stuff. And That's it so was, cool. It, it, I really love to see the expansion of what we do and what we love. Mm -hmm. um, speaking of that. Invite somebody to the next show that's around your area. Yeah. Just invite somebody to come, whether they're competing or not. We need people to compete to grow the sport. But even if they're not competing, you get them to come. Nobody ever has gone away that I'm aware of and said, that's exactly what I thought it was, and it sucked. Right. You know, um, every time they're like, wow, that was way cooler than I thought it was. And, you know, hey, I, I might be able to do that with my little stereo in my car and next thing you know they're hooked and they're base head too perfect example is our friend brandy oh yeah brandy dude she loves this thing absolutely loves it yep went to a show and she was like i think i can do this and she sure has yeah she wow. does good yeah yeah a base racer yes she's she a base, a base racer? racer yep oh okay perfect she doesn't like top dog because she doesn't understand it but i said it's the same as base race Oh, she'll going. get used to it, and she'll have a lot of fun. <laughs> so she'll have a lot of fun. But, all right, you guys. know, I have a quick question oh, for uh, Sean before we go ahead. Uh, so sure. for the big three, now you don't have to answer this, and this is probably going to be in, in in podcast episode in itself. But OFC or CCA? Always OFC. Oxygen free <laughs> copper for you guys that don't know. <laughs> yes, always OFC. Working in the business, I've seen entirely too many issues with. The CCA, mm. which is copper uh, clad, copper aluminum. clad aluminum. Yes. Yeah, copper clad aluminum. A lot of corrosion, yeah, which creates a lot of resistance, which melts a lot of fuse holders. Yeah, I think I've seen like debates on you know people swearing by one or the other that you know, so it's like you have, have to, to ask say, somebody who's. <laughs> I would have to say honestly, it would really depend on the environment that it's in. CCA hmm. may work great in Arizona. Yeah, true. But yeah, you aren't going to put it in a boat. So good on the East Coast. You're not going to put CCA <laughs> in a boat. <laughs> Never. <laughs> that was just uh, a quick question. You know, and that and it's funny we were talking about aluminum. That was a very interesting topic. Yeah. That I learned at some of the Master Tech classes. You cannot, unless you have the right solder, solder copper to aluminum. It will fail. It will. A lot of these new cars are coming with aluminum wire in them. Oh, are they? Yes, a lot of the new cars are coming with aluminum wires. And it's funny <clears> because <throat> at the training, CompuStar actually likes the poke and twist method really? for installing their alarms. <laughs> I hate that method. It's 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 better than T tap, but but you know, uh, I'll say this. If you don't know how to use a T-tap, absolutely. I have T-taps in my cars from 20 years ago that still work fine. <laughs> I understand so they work. I just hate them. I really I do. I, I just hate those damn things. To me, yep. it, it, it was a lazy man's way of doing it. It's a lazy man way of doing it, but it's also a profitable way of doing it. No, no, it. no. As a shop, I can understand you doing it. Yes. Um. But like I said, I I'm not a shop. I hate a soldering iron in a car because I've seen too many people burn seats and carpet. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. Well, I always <laughs> burn myself every time I turn on a soldering iron anyway. 
<laughs> it's an automatic. I turn if I knew I'm plugging in a soldering iron, just know I'm being burnt. So, um, but anyway, hey guys, I uh, appreciate your time. Uh, we're a little over here already. Um, once again, check us out on Sonic FX. Where can people get to talk to you if they want to hit you up or ask you questions, Sean? Uh, they can find me at Rolling Audio in Roseville, California on Atlantic Street, or you can find me on Facebook. Okay, and that's in what town? Uh, Roseville, California. Yeah, Roseville, Roseville, California. That's just north of San Francisco, about an hour roughly. So Right here in Sacramento. Yep. Yeah, I think oh, I did a show out in half. Roseville. Yeah, an hour back. and a half maybe. So um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So anyway, so there's uh, – Tim, Jeffrey, anything other than your 3X you got going on? Uh, no, just to kind of reiterate what you said was, uh, you know, you guys listen out for uh, some announcements on World Finals. Yeah, I'm all about that. Got my 3X this weekend, Friday night. If you guys can't make it or whatever, tune in and watch it on Facebook and YouTube. I will be broadcasting live again. Um, I got some stuff on the way. I'm going to use some uh, lavalier mics. And I'm going to try that out for uh, hmm. capturing my audio. And hopefully that will fix some of the audio issues I have because I can turn those down and whatnot and um, not overdrive them, which is the problem I'm having with my audio on those podcasts now. So uh, we'll see how those work out. Jeffrey knows what a lavalier uh, mic is. So mm. uh, a lapel well, mic. Guys. Oh, a lapel mic. Gotcha. Yeah. All right, yeah, no, thanks for being here, Sean. Uh, thank you, yes. everybody, for tuning thank in. You, Sean. Uh, we will see you guys next week at 5.30 California time, the only time that does matter. Peace, we out of here. See you guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah thank you no problem guys thank you you too bye-bye see ya